Imagine what you could do if you had hundreds of years of influencer wisdom at your fingertips. So head over to theinfluencervault.com today and sign up to grab your free copy of our brand new top 10 influencer insights guide. You won't regret it. So again, that's at theinfluencervault.com. Go there today to grab the brand new top 10 influencer insights guide. I hope you enjoy it. And I hope you enjoy this episode of Let's Do Influencing. Hey, everybody, it's Corey Poirier, excited to be back with the latest episode of the show. Also excited to have a returning guest who uh, I'm sure I can share this happened to um, be a guest with me three years ago for her first interview. She's come a long way since that time. So Kitty Mackay, so excited to have you here today. And Kitty, where I'd perhaps like to start is, and we'll dive in deeper in this, but can you tell us just a little bit about the work you do? I know you and I were chatting about it off air, but can you tell us just a little bit about that work? So just so people can have a perspective on it. Um, I help I help my fellow ADHDers uh, basically banish their mental and physical clutter so that they can uh, maximize their productivity. And I do that via virtual decluttering. Most of my clients actually right now are in the States. I've had a few in Canada, but um, we get to the why, why they have clutter. Because I, I firmly believe that if you don't know the why behind something, and of course your book, right? Uh, <laughs> uh, once you once you know your why, then you can you, you can do the how. I love that. And so when you talk about the why, I love by the way that you've niched, or whether we use the word niche or niched, you've uh, niched down quite a bit since we last chatted. And I feel that's an area that's probably underserved and maybe not even served at all is, like you say, the idea of what's at the root of the cluttering. You know, we watch shows, you know, it's the show that made it famous, but we watch shows like Hoarders. And I find in an hour, it's hard for them to get into why the person actually is a hoarder. But that's what you got to get into and, and get to that surface if you ever want to change that, in my opinion. And so I love that you're doing that. You're in a lot of ways, you're helping people on more of a level than just decluttering their life. You're actually helping them uh, figure out what's been going on in their life to cause this. And then what that also probably does is it helps make sure the clutter doesn't happen again. So you're going at a much deeper level than than most people would ever think about for cluttering. So first of all, am I correct on those assumptions? Absolutely. You took the words right out of my mouth. You, re- you really did because uh, um, if you can declutter until the cows come home. But if uh, it's it's just going to come back, and that is what happens if you do if somebody goes into your house and does the decluttering and organizing and everything like that. Six months later, guaranteed, it's going to be back to where it starts. Uh, my five uh, percent of my clients over the last three years have um, have gotten have gotten back to their original state uh, only. Uh, just because they well, here's a perfect example. There, I had a client that she couldn't get rid of her mother's paperwork. 
just couldn't do it. And she kept saying, well, I'm lazy. I just don't feel like doing it. No, 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 no. Finally, after three months, we, we uncovered that there were some serious memories behind it. every single piece of paper. She could tell you where her mother was sitting, what her, what, what she was doing, where the lawyer was in the living room, everything like that. She attached such memories to these papers that no wonder, and no wonder she couldn't do anything about it. So then when, um, after we had that breakthrough, it was gone within two weeks. Wow. <laughs> and so now in that case, I mean, just, I think of that case, was it, like, did she want to have the papers around because they reminded her of all these things, her mother, or she just didn't realize that she couldn't let go of them because of that? Like, it sounds like she did. She's not that she wanted those papers still hanging around. She wanted very much to get rid of it because for two reasons, because she she knew that it wasn't serving her anymore. And she knew that she knock on wood if her if something happened to her, she didn't want her family to have to deal with it. So the answer to your question is uh, that she it's not that she didn't want to, but that she just she just couldn't. The memories were too painful and they were that painful that they were that buried that it took like I say, three months to realize that after her telling herself negative messages, yeah, you know, I'm lazy. I, um, I can always find something better to do. No, 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 you're avoiding it. Mm. Why are you avoiding it? Or sometimes I'll approach it. Why do you have it? And why are you not doing anything about it? I, I could see how in that situation too, it'd be tough because it would be easy for her to tell herself that the reason she's hanging on to them is because her mother passed. Like in other words, saying, like you said about um, lazy or there's other things to do or that, it'd be easy for her to just think I'm grieving my mother, but not attach any of that to the papers. That's so it'd be easy to make an excuse to say it has nothing to do with those papers. It's just that I'm dealing with this with my mother and not realizing the papers are hanging around because of that. It's, you know, it's so there's so many layers often as humans that we don't explore. Oh, it's peeling back an onion. And then if you're dealing with, with anyone with ADHD, those, those onion layers can get so, so built up from your childhood, from people telling you that, oh, yeah, well, why can't you just zip through all of these papers? Or what's wrong with you? Or why do you never? And I guess I'm going off on a bit of a tangent here. Oh, no, that's great. But, but it turns into overwhelm. And once, once you get into that sphere of overwhelm, it's very difficult to climb your way back up. It, it really is. And that's, that's why, that's why the why is so important because then you start to recognize these negative, negative mental thoughts and you go, Oh, no, I, I'm not going back there. I'm making a decision not to go back there. And it's fascinating. I love what I do. Well, and to that point too, Kitty, I feel like the other thing is what's really wild about that is the people you're working with would have such a transformational experience versus just, okay, now my house is decluttered or now my office is decluttered. Like in the other scenario, I mean, they're going to sing your praises because they're like, wow, finally this is, this is clear and it's not cluttered anymore. But now you're actually helping in some ways, heal them while also decluttering. 
So that's two, you know what I mean? You're doing it on two levels. Whereas, as you said, if you're just decluttering, it might appear back in three months, which is not your fault, but that might happen. But now at the level you're dealing with them, I mean, you're, you're changing their lives. You're transforming their lives at multiple levels. So I just, I love that. You know, it's, it's funny you mention that because most of my, and in fact, all of my clients, their demographic is between age 40 and 70. And every single one of them, this within the last year, is experiencing some sort of career change or relationship change. And I, I think that it's because they're peeling away the mental and physical clutter so that they can see the forest for the trees. Absolutely. Kind of and 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 move forward with that for example one client she's moving from washington state to minnesota and when we first got together last summer she was she thought she was going to be doing this and she was worried about well i can declutter here in washington but will i be able to keep it in minnesota and we talked just last week and she said i have no problem with it I know what to take with me and I know what not to buy when I'm there. And she says, I have no problem with this. It's confidence mm-hmm. where there was none before. And that is the game changer. That's the life changer from where I sit. Wow. Yeah. Like I said, I, I like what you're doing now. I like how it has the potential to um, really to truly transform lives and, you know, there's nothing like that. There's no reward like that. I mean, it's amazing. And so I guess then, Kitty, let's maybe dive a bit further into the why. Uh, so you talked about like ADHD is one of the areas you'd work with people, like meaning people that are, are struggling with ADHD, which I imagine that, you know, that has a big impact on clutter, I would think, because, you know, I can speak for my girlfriend. She's very open about this, but she calls it chasing butterflies. But she could be in the middle of one thing and then go, oh, I should go over there and do that. And of course, I could see how that could add to clutter. I'm not saying it does with her. I'm just saying in general, you could see how when somebody goes, oh, you know what? I should go do that. Oh, wait, I should go over there. It'd be easy to leave little pockets of clutter everywhere you go. And so I could see that that's probably plays a big part in it. So do you get to the, when you're talking to people, do you sometimes discover the root of their ADHD or is it more just the, the fact that their ADHD is causing the clutter? Because and one, you know, one is really, 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 really deep. And I don't know if people, a lot of people probably don't find the answer for why they have the ADHD anyway, right? I mean, I don't think that's possible for some people. So it's more probably the fact that it's what is causing the clutter, and then helping them work through that so that they can try to figure out, like, do you help them, for example, try to figure out how to stay focused and, and to one job until it's finished type thing, and then go to the next job until it's finished. And Is that a part of it? And I'm speaking for somebody who doesn't have as much experience with it. So I'm just curious how that works. Well, um, I can can start with a uh, 60-second backstory. When I was doing just plain virtual decluttering without the ADHD, I started wondering after about two years why all of my clients were like my sister from a sister or brother from another mother. And then some uh, a colleague pegged me. She said, "Kitty, I knew you have ADHD the minute I the minute I met you." Okay, it was it was a no brainer, and uh, I started resonating in in the industry. And where we always end up going to answer the second part that was circuitous, but um, what we always end up doing is to 
focus on one room at a time, one area of that room at a time, and one thing at a time. Because an ADHDer's natural inclination is to do exactly what, what Shelley does, is, is to go from here to there, to there, to there. I do it myself. This is why I understand people. And you really have to focus, but that's not always, and that's, some, that's easier said than done and takes a lot of discipline. And sometimes, some days you have it and some days you don't. And some days you, you, you can get really down on yourself. But if you have, if you do train yourself or you have a coach to, to, uh, to uh, get you to focus on just one thing at a time, it's like the old joke, how do you eat an elephant one bite at a time? Yeah. So true. <laughs> then, then you will succeed because you'll stop undermining yourself. You'll stop saying, "Oh, it's it's just too much. I don't know where to start." Of course, you don't know where to start. So you start in, and I do have an exact system that I use, uh, which revolves around feng shui as well. I know that you like feng shui, uh, and. Once you have that system, then you know that you can go to, you can declutter any room, anytime, anywhere. In fact, client uh, last Labor Day weekend, he, he didn't feel like doing his own place. He went and helped his buddy do it. Isn't that neat? You know, where you, where, um, you can train yourself to overcome your own overwhelm so that you can help somebody else. And that's what it's all about, right? It's not just about you. It's about it's about being able to pass the gift on to everybody else and improve your own life at the same time exponentially. So and this brings up, I feel, another important question is, and we didn't talk about this off the top, but I feel it doesn't matter when we talk about it. It's, it's a crucial part to this, is why should we want to declutter in the first place? So in other words, what's the benefit of decluttering our life? Do you mean physically or mentally? Uh, well, I mean, do you find that there's both? And if there is, I guess maybe we can tackle both. Or if you feel one is more than the other, like is it the mental side where you see the biggest benefit or the physical or, I mean, I don't know if it plays over to both or not. I'm asked that frequently and I've grappled with it. Which comes first, the mental or the physical? Uh, the, the short answer is that they are inextricably intertwined. Mm-hmm inextricably for example but my kitchen counter is my litmus test of how of where i'm at it's monday morning it'll be perfect through the week a little bit of clutter creep clutter creep thursday i say i can't do this anymore i'll clear off a few things uh, and ah well that's better i feel refreshed for friday so, so really, which is it that comes first? It's, it's really difficult to say. Uh, I think that it's, I think it starts with the mental. I really do. If you're feeling frazzled in your brain, then you can't cope with all the rest of it. Of course, it's going to get overwhelming. But if you have a clear head, then you can look at this and say, oh, this is unacceptable. All right, we're going to do something about this right away. And once it starts to become unacceptable again, your brain is still clear enough to say, okay, no, 
no, we're going to go where we've made a decision to keep it nice so that our brains will be able to make the right decisions, not bark at our partners, not, uh, not, sh not show up late for work because you can't find your car keys. Everything just smooths out. There's, there's, there, why would you want to declutter? Because it just makes your life easier. Uh, in terms, it, it benefits your career, it benefits your relationships, it benefits your, your self-esteem, which is huge with ADHDers. Is just it, it has a trickle-down effect for life. And it benefits your kids, too, because they see that, oh, this is the right way to live. You, you gave me a good segue there, because I want to ask you about that side. Something that we have witnessed the difference or struggled with ourselves, meaning me and my girlfriend, is now we have a nine-month-old and a three-and-a-half-year-old. And so our life is completely a million miles different than it was even, obviously, just four years ago. And that's an area where we've struggled is because with a three and a half year old, they want to play all the time and they want to bring everything out. And we try to structure that as much as we can, but it's still a, a struggle with keeping the place organized, but also understanding he's a three and a half year old and he's going to go try to explode everything again as soon as you clean it up. And so have you come across that or do you have any small suggestions for how to work within that? Because a lot of the parents we talk to say, that's just what you have to accept when you have a young kid. And I don't, you know, I don't know if that's the case. At the same time, you know, you don't wanna get mad at your child just because they wanna play. So it's like, a, it's a weird dichotomy. So I'm just curious if you had any experience coming across that one. Directly, uh, directly with children, no, I don't. However, uh, common sense wise and what I've seen worked and what my mother probably did quite by mistake with me, I was raised with an, with an iron hand, but I was, if you give it, if you give them freedom within parameters, actually one, one client, his, his nephew had to follow this small nephew. You can have all of your toys all over the place but it's within kind of a contained area of um, like a little play, play area in the basement that might, might be sectioned off, might have, might have a couple of bamboo screens or something like that. Okay, uh, uh, little Johnny, this is, this is your area, but uh, all of your toys have to go back into the box when you're done. You can fill your boots, you can knock yourself out uh, playing with your toys. But at the end of the session, they go back so that they're nice and neat for you next time. Hey, you look at it from the client's point of view in this particular right. case. They get to have their fun, but they also understand that there are parameters and, uh, and, and show them the benefits. Hey, you'll be able to find all your toys next time if you put them back in the right place. Does that help? Yeah, no, it, it does. I, I appreciate that as well. It's, I mean, it's something we're going through right now. So it's front of mind. It's what, what ultimately ends up happening is we're, because there's also the bedtime factor and all this stuff, like he's going to bed and it's like, okay, they'll say, can I go to bed now? And you're like, oh, whoa, he wants to go to bed in his own. So then you're like, do you get him to clean up the toys? And then maybe he fights for an hour, not wanting to go to bed after that. So it's like, it's constant little, you know, you're almost like which battles worth fighting. And so a lot of times we're ended up, if we have somebody coming over the next day, we're the ones organizing everything. So the place looks nice. 
but then it's still a challenge because the next morning he wants to play before he goes to school. And it's, it's with a kid when they play, like there's times you go to the bathroom, you come back and he's dumping out the whole thing. Like it's like, just like everything starts over again. So I just thought it's not really a decluttering question anyway. It's more of a, just, you know, it's more of a parenting question, but anyway, I just wanted to ask your thoughts on it because that's the struggle we have. It's not that we have to clutter. It's just that it's like constantly it's play, 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 play. And he's three and a half. Right. So it's, it's also trying to reason with a three and a half year olds a little tough too. You know, it's so, like, I feel like once he hits four and a half or five, he'll have more understanding of a lot of the benefits of him cleaning it up. But he just seems to be at that age right now where it's like butterfly, same idea as Shelly, right? Butterfly, see, oh, I got to run outside now. I got to do this. I got to do that now. And so it's like I say, it's, it's just me asking more from a parenting point of view. So it's a total separate thing from decluttering. So if we work our way back to decluttering, then as we start to wind down, uh, what do you have tips for people? So I was, I was going to say what tips, but do you have tips for people? Like, obviously the biggest tip is to hire Kitty and get her to help you do it because you know, the odds are that it's going to stay and it's going to, you're going to have a system you can use and all that kind of stuff. But is there one or two things you would tell people, even if they're just like, they're reaching out to you after this interview, but even in between then when they hear it before they reach out, is there one or two tips you give people for here's where you should start? The where, especially from a feng shui point of view and, you know, not to be woo woo, but start in either the entrance or the bedroom for two, for two different, basically the same reason, but different. The entrance, when you come home, it's the first thing you see. When you leave uh, to go to work, it's the last thing you see. That weighs on your subconscious. You come home and you look around, uh, you know, not a good feeling. Same with in the bedroom. Maybe your entrance is good, but your bedroom is a disaster area. Again, first thing you see in the morning, uh, last thing you see when you go to sleep. Again, in the subconscious. So if, they, if you have a choice uh, of the whole house, I would choose one of those two areas. And you will notice an immediate difference. You really will in your energy level. Yeah, I could see that being absolutely game changing. And the other thing I feel like, and I want to ask you in a second, I'll give you a, t- a hint. I want to ask you how we can connect with you and learn more. But another thing I feel like, people perhaps need to know and you would know this better than I would but I'm just going by what I see and friends talking stuff like that I think another part for people sometimes is to realize they're not alone because everybody is embarrassed of I have this clutter that people will see whether it's like clutter in their house or whether it's clutter in their office or wherever it seems like most people are embarrassed by that but you would know more than I would but it seems like they're not alone is that correct like is there more than they realize that are also dealing with clutter Oh, ADHD or not, it's, it, it's, it, it's almost like an epidemic. It really is. And that's partly fueled by, I believe, a society, a post-baby boomer society. Don't forget, our grandparents didn't, they didn't have a lot of stuff, right? They didn't have a lot of accumulation. And as the decades have gone by, it's become a throwaway society. We place less less uh, less important on our possessions, so we accumulate more. My one client has described it as, wait for it, soul-crushing shame. Mm. Wow. 
when you can't invite, and I'm basically quoting uh, what, she, what she wrote to me, because I said, tell me what, it, what, what you're really feeling. She says, I can't invite the landlord over to do repairs. I haven't had friends over in years. My family, they don't even want to come over. I hate coming home. I, I, I hate waking up in the morning to my clutter. Well, geez, you're not going to be a happy camper. You're going to be depressed. Absolutely. And who needs that? <laughs> Life is too short. Wouldn't you agree? <laughs> I would 100%. Wow. That's so powerful. And, and like I say, the key thing about the word shame there, that's what tells me you're not alone. Because the people hide it, right? Like they don't invite somebody over and nobody even knows why they didn't invite them. They just don't invite people over to their home anymore. And so, yeah, I, I just feel like it's one of those things that I think sometimes when you know other people are going through it, it makes it a little easier to start seeking help or change or what have you. Because when you think it's just you all alone, it's easy to get stuck up in that kind of beat myself up mode. Because... Okay. It's like, why am, why am I doing this? Why is it just me? Why am I the only person that lives like this? And all that kind of stuff. When in fact, I would say the number percentage is probably way higher than anybody can ever imagine. Of people that, whether it's clutter, whether it's just that um, they just have a lot of piles of stuff or they don't put stuff away. Like if you add everything into that mix, I would say the numbers are way bigger than people think. That's just my guess. I don't, I don't think you're far wrong. I mean, the, the, um, Population was five percent of the world uh, is ADHD positive, and then let's 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 talk about clutter with people who, frankly, clutter does affect ADHDers more than more than non. But you could easily jack that number up to twenty percent of people feeling shame. I'm sure of it, and that's a lot of people in the world. So true, Kitty. So I promised I would ask you the uh, final question. Maybe the most important one is for those that want to reach out and get rid of their clutter or they want help in this area or they just want to reach out and connect and learn more about what you do. Is there a hub or a place that you would send them? Absolutely. My, it's a brand new, fresh, shiny website. I'm very proud of it. It's called www.declutterthebrain.com. Declutter thebrain.com you can email me at kitty k-i-t-t-i at declutterthebrain.com and book a zero pressure call on the website and we can have a have a look and see if um see if i can bring a ton of value or not i can always make suggestions that can get you on your way amazing Kitty Mackay, this has been an absolute pleasure. As you know, I'm a big fan. I appreciate you. I'm going to wave the flag for all the great work you're doing, and I'll call this to be continued as well. So I thank you so much for joining us today. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you, Corey. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.